Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to a somewhat somber edition of the Music Mania podcast as we pay tribute to the late Eddie Van Halen, who passed away this past Tuesday, leaving the entire rock universe searching for answers. Obviously, Ed had battled throat cancer for quite some time. And in the last few years, you just got the feeling that things weren't going well. David Lee Roth had made some statements like Van Halen's probably over, kind of alluded to the fact that Eddie had uh, kind of deteriorated. And when you saw the gut-wrenching post that Wolf Van Halen made about his dad and announcing his passing, man, it was just heartbreaking. And thinking about Van Halen, the band, Eddie's playing, and it influenced so many people. And you've seen it all over the rock community and everybody talking about how Eddie influenced so many. It was so wide-reaching. And you go back to 1978, the debut album. I can't imagine, I'm 36 years old, I can't imagine you know, being a teenager back then, knowing what I know about music and putting that first record in the record player and hearing Eruption for the first time. It just blows my mind. And he was so wonderful. That finger tapping, all the solos, all the memorable Van Halen hits. And if anything good that can come out of any of this is maybe it's time we just celebrate all eras of Van Halen. The Roth era, the Sammy Hagar era, yeah, maybe even the Gary Sharon era. But the rock community mourns this loss. And this is so sobering because over the last you know, really six, seven years, you just start to witness the demise of your heroes, and it's very sobering. You think back to when, you know, when Lemmy passed away. You've had David Bowie, you've had Chris Cornell, so many, you know, Tom Petty, and they all affect you in different ways because their music was the soundtrack of your life. Eddie Van Halen, I mean, I got my first Van Halen tattoo when I was 21. It was my first tattoo I ever got. It was the Van Halen Rings logo. That's how influential that band was for me growing up, and probably in a roundabout way, set me on a course for being in the in the rock media, being a rock journalist, because without that band, I don't know that I have ties to all these other bands and, and th- bands that they influence. I just think Van Halen really sets apart for me, and whether it be the Roth era, the Hagar era, we mourn the loss, we pay tribute to Eddie Van Halen, one of the greats to ever do it, the magic man with the magic guitar is now a star amongst the stars, that's for sure. On this week's podcast, we're going to be talking to members of the Loyal Order, a band that I'm a huge fan of. They have a new single called Hellfire. They're on the EMP label group, which is founded by Tom Hazard and David Ellefson from Megadeth. So they're they're the real deal. They're from Portland, Oregon. The Loyal Order was actually first hatched as a studio project several years ago when Jeff Buhner was approached to write a theme song for a regional outdoor hunting reality show. 
He reached out to guitarist Brandon Cook for a heavy riff, and the result was a song called Off the Grid. It aired regionally in the Pacific Northwest for two seasons. And now the Loyal Order is forging ahead. Check out the Loyal Order EP. It is available on all digital platforms. The single Hellfire is out now, and it is tremendous. We're going to be talking with both Jeff and Brandon. They're going to be joining me together via Zoom, and we're going to be talking about the new single Hellfire and what life's been like for a band like them that had really carved out some momentum only to have COVID hit. These are the type of bands that it really affects, guys. So we're going to get a lot of answers about that. We had Jeff, I'm sorry, we had Brandon on, I believe, back in around April. And uh, we're going to see where things are now. Uh, actually, Brandon also plays guitar in the band Black and Blue uh, with Jamie St. James, formerly Tommy Thayer from Kiss's band, kind of a Pacific Northwest band uh, as well. They're probably on hold. Currently, we're going to get some of those answers coming up here as Jeff and Brandon join me. And we want to go ahead and take you to that interview that I did just a few days ago with Jeff and Brandon. If you want to see the video of this, it's available on our YouTube channel, which is Ignitro Entertainment. So we do these interviews for the podcast, and a lot of times when we record it via Zoom, we put the video up on our YouTube channel so our subscribers can check that out. Guys, enjoy this interview this week with Brandon Cook and Jeff Buner from The Loyal Order. Wow, we got it. We got it in. Brandon, this is crazy because I actually had you on on a, on a phone call like right at the beginning of COVID. So we, we've come full circle now. That's right. We talked. That's right. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's great to have both of you guys this time. This is great. Man, the last time I talked to you, Brandon, things were, I mean, you, you just released a single at that time. Now yep. it's time for another one. It's Hellfire. And I, I think somehow, if possible, this one is even better. You guys are really got, have some positive momentum going right now. You know, I, I've been very surprised at how well this song is done. You know, it's pretty aggressive and, and uh, people are really digging it. I'm, I'm really blown away with the response we're getting to, you know, and I credit part of that to, you know, this band, the, the band being really unified on that song. You know, we had used some other guys before that, and then we used our live lineup for that song, and they just absolutely crushed it in the studio. It was so fast. It got done so fast and so powerfully. It was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to be honest. I've heard a lot of songs that have been born from – COVID-19 and there's a lot of great music. I applaud any musicians putting stuff out now, but it's a lot of songs like in this together or fighting the good fight. I needed some hellfire in my life, to be honest, because it, <laughs> it had been too long since I, since I had something really truly in your face and aggressive that really knocked my kind of knocked my face off. So props for that. It's great stuff. And uh, getting a lot of good responses nationwide, man. Can't beat yeah, that. You know, I mean, I think definitely people like, resonate with a little angst right now you know the 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 song's a little bit about like how people don't handle certain situations very well and you know i'm i think i'm guilty of not handling every situation perfectly and you know the song's sort of about that you know that ugh, you know like the that hellfire that people bring when they're when they're upset about something and um it's really that jeff could probably speak more to the lyrics than i can but the because he wrote those, but the, the song itself seems to be about like, you know, ha having conflict and, and having difficulty resolving it. Is that, would you agree with that, Jeff? Does that sound about right? <laughs> resolving yeah, conflict? Yeah. Well, basically that song's kind of about like, like an impending uh, finality to something and you can just kind of feel it coming like a, 
it's kind of like a slow moving car wreck. You have good moments and bad moments where you reflect. It's like, you know, something's going to crash and burn. It could be relationship. It could be uh, friendship. It could be uh, a career move. Just those moments in life, you know, so it's, it's hellfire. It's holy water, you know, and you're just trying to like get through that moment and, and you, but you know, something's coming to an end. And, uh, and the, the chorus in that song goes, conceal the wreckage. I'm not defecting, gnashing on my teeth. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> I forgot my own lyrics. Um, anyway. That, that's Clip a, off my a, wings. You're on my yeah, premonition. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but yeah, dude, it's just, it's just kind of like, you know, you just kind of foresee something happening and you know it's going to crash. And sometimes that's in slow motion. You know what I mean? You kind of just see all the you have that foresight that something's going to happen and you just kind of go through it and you, you know, you have to get through it because you're probably going to learn something in the process, you know? So that's kind of where that song came from is that type of, I a, fell down the stairs once and that's kind of what happened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff, you are, a, you're a, you're a bassist by trade. So singing yeah. is sort of a new adventure for you. What, what's, What's it been like kind of making that transition? And I, I, I think that if I didn't know that you were not just bred a vocalist, I would have no idea because I think your vocals are tremendous. So talk about kind of what that transition's been like for you. Uh, well, man, it's been like, it, it was, I, you know, reluctantly I kind of walked into this thing where we went in and, and we, we tracked a song that uh, we wrote a song for this uh, uh, hunting reality show. And I kind of knew where uh, Brandon and I wrote it and I kind of like knew where I wanted the lyrics and the melody to go. So I went in and did a scratch track for it vocally. So whoever was going to sing it, you know, would have a guide and uh, ended up turning out pretty cool, you know, and everybody kind of was like, dude, you should just track this, you know, and that's kind of how it all started. It was just totally by accident. It was, uh, you know, I've been reluctant the whole time walking into this, but it's just like, wow, got some wings, you know, people like it and let's just see where it goes, you know, and lo and behold, here we are, you know, full record later and it's fun. And, yeah, and we, all this, like, when we were, when we were in the, in the control room, listening to Jeff sing, me and the, the producer, Kevin Hahn, we kind of looked at each other like, that sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it happened it was just it just kind of stumbled into it by accident i mean i've always sung backups and stuff playing bass and and you know back in the day when i was cutting my teeth on music and stuff i'd sing a few songs you know like playing cover tunes and stuff like that but i never saw myself as what's happening right now so it's just the whole thing is just an unbelievable uh moment for me you know but it's you know it's obviously got some traction and it's cool you know i'm just i i just you know it's a I've always felt like I had something to say, you know, and I've always tried to like, in other bands that I was in, like the writing process and all that stuff, I'd never really felt like I could, you know, contribute much lyrically to the things that I was doing before. And then uh, we started doing this and I'm like, yeah, I got something to say, let's do this, you know? And it was just kind of a studio project. And uh, it kind of just, you know, sprouted its own uh, legs and arms and started running, you know, and uh, here we are. So well, kind of cool. With what's happened, how how much of your guys' touring life, Brandon, has kind of been uprooted here? I didn't know how many shows you guys had sort of planned for the the spring and summertime, but when you have a new album out, when you kind of have this kind of momentum, 
I mean, that we know it's rock and roll. You tour on an album and you get it out there to the masses. What, how much is this just completely messed with you guys? Well, you know, uh, we were just starting to get our booking process going mm-hmm. and we had had about three or four shows uh, booked and things were starting to get like ramping up. And then, then COVID hit and a couple of them got canceled right away. And then we waited and, you know, we, we made a decision just recently to cancel a show we were doing uh, in Texas um, just because, um, well, I had gotten COVID and it just, it just kind of, I think it put a little bit of extra edge that this is serious, you know, on a couple of the other band members. And, you know, I definitely sort of agreed with them. So it just kind of, we're just going to kind of try to wait. We're going to start focusing on putting on content on our YouTube page and focusing on putting out, uh, getting new songs together and things like that to try to keep it going. And, you know, the shows are going to be pretty lightly attended anyway. So the way I, the way I kind of looking at it, it's like, it may not be good for us to do the show one way or the other, whether somebody gets COVID or we spend a whole bunch of money and don't, you know, can't, can't really recoup it in a, in a, in a ticket or uh, you know, like t-shirt sales kind of way. That's the scary part, Jeff, to me, because we talk about getting back to normal. How, how, how does that happen? And at what point do you know, like, okay, yeah, now here we go. They said we can do, Full capacities on clubs. I mean, it's just I, to me. There's a lot of ins and outs to this, man, and I, and I don't know what what to even make of it all. Yeah, man, I totally agree. I mean, you know, we we had we had our our uh, record in the queue. It was all recorded. The artwork was done. Everything was in the queue. We had a release date, and boom, this happened. You know, so <laughs> I was like, I was like, do, do we stop? Do we do we do we hit pause? Do we continue forward? what do we do? You know? And so I thought, you know what, no, let's do this people. It's a good time for a, a young band to like, you know, a, a new band uh, to, to pop out and like, you know, grab people's attention. And um, I just felt like, you know, with, you know, with videos and stuff like that, we can, we can uh, communicate to everybody, you know, we could put the music out there. And then uh, when it started going longer than a few months, um, I was like, Brandon, we got to start writing again. We got to, we got to, we got to prep for the next record right now. And so by the time, by the time everything opens up, we should have, you know, not only the record that we have out now, but, you know, maybe a couple singles ready to fly too. So a couple new ones that aren't on the record. And so, I mean, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for that green light and I'm starting to see signs of life, you know, right now to where it's like, you know, they're talking about vaccines and stuff like that. And once, once we have that, I think, I think, you know, here's the other thing, all of these uh, promotion companies and booking agencies and all these, you know, promoters, how many of them aren't in business anymore? How many of Mm. them are, how many new ones are going to pop up? You know, how many conglomerates are going to happen? So you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables, like you said, you know, there's a lot of things that, that could potentially happen. So who do you communicate with? How, you know, <laughs> it's, there's, where, where, where do you go? You know, so I'm definitely got the feelers out for that, you know, as to what steps to take and, and, and what opportunities will arise. Well, I'll tell you guys this. Um, I haven't been to a live show since Aerosmith in Las Vegas last February, but Help is on the way. We have Quiet Riot here in Missouri, man, in my neck of the woods in uh, just a couple weeks. Nice. And I, was kind of, I was disappointed that we didn't get like black and blue 
on the show. Brandon, what, what's up? We, yeah. we need to see some more from, from you guys. Black and well, Blue. we would love to, <laughs> to play out there, you know, and you know, the, the black and blue guys are, we're kind of in a holding pattern too. Sure. Our next, our next show is in May with the monster beach. And we're also announced for the kiss cruise next fall. So there's good things coming there. Oh, but, awesome. Uh, otherwise, you know, Jamie's, doing uh, his regular life and the rest of us are all doing our regular life pete pete is doing rat you know like and and they're even like you know they're they're <laughs> grounded too you know quiet ride is a very ballsy band you know they they have a different uh mentality about doing stuff and and i've never seen a band like fight through you know it's odds the way they have over the last 30 years i mean getting you know after kevin dubrow we're gonna find a new singer and we're gonna keep going Oh, after Frankie dies, we're going to find a new drummer and keep going. And not only that, they get people that are just as good or better than those guys before and still just mm -hmm. keep growing and, and fighting. I, lo I love watching those guys. It, it, it's so. a legacy for sure. Um, for you guys, um, the EMP label group, which is what the album is out on, The Loyal Order, and it's available on all digital platforms, man. How important is that, that relationship? Of course, uh, David Ellison for Megadeth, Tom Hazard, EMP, great great record label we have interviewed so many artists and they they run the gambit from from veteran acts to, to up-and-comers mm -hmm. how, how big how important is that relationship for you guys it's it's vital i mean you know like i we ran into tom a couple years ago at, at a megadeth listening party at the nam show actually mm. it was kind of an on off-campus uh uh event and we went there and uh met Tom just really briefly. And then he, he made an impression on me and it kind of stuck in my head. And uh, when we shot the video for our first single, Ready for Dead, I, he popped into my head and I'm like, I'm gonna reach out to him, you know, after it was all done and complete and mastered and ready to go. So I shot it off to him and I said, hey man, thinking about thinking about working with you on something if, if you're interested, you know? And, and he saw the video and loved it and, and thought, yeah, that's, you know, that's top shelf, you know, let's do this. So we kind of started our relationship and, and then I, I flew to Nashville and hung out with, with Ellison and, and Tom, had dinner with David and uh, we talked a little business and, you know, the, the platform that they have is, you know, and the connections that they have from the music industry prior to streaming and all that stuff, you know, they, they've got their, you know, they've got a firm footing and uh, Tom just, Tom is like the guy, um, as far as connection and connections and, you know, knowing what to do and all the right steps to take in this new environment that we find ourselves in. So having those guys involved is definitely, you know, like I said, it's solid footing in it, in it, and it, we can, we can utilize that platform and, and, and launch in new in areas that we couldn't in markets, et cetera, that we couldn't normally attach ourselves to as a, as a new band, you know, so, and not having like a major record deal or something like that with a bunch of, you know, funds behind it. Like, uh, you know, it's a great, it's a great avenue for us to take with, with what they have to offer. Yeah. And they, they, they connected us with Jody best and Eric Baker. Eric's like doing our radio promo and doing a really wonderful job. Like, like we've gotten up to number 20 on billboard and we're in the top 10 on, uh, on the foundations chart. And Joey yeah. Best hooked us up with wonderful people like you. So, like, getting the promo going is has been, you know, 
based on Tom's connections and his business prowess, quarterbacking that for us has just been, it's been, to me, it's magical because I'm just like, wow, I never knew how this worked. And I just, I'm so mm -hmm. blessed to, to be able to work with, you know, and Jeff's a wonderful business mind also. So like having those two guys, like, you know, you know, in the huddle working this out, I'm, I get to be a guitar player and, you know, sort of a, you know, composer and co-writer with this, with Jeff. And it's hard for me to do business. Jeff's the businessman. So <laughs> it's, you know, you get, I get to be a little bit in awe of watching these guys work. So that, and that's having, a, Mel, having, Mel, having Melody Myers involved too for the artwork, mm -hmm. man. She she did she did our album cover. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. I'm looking at it right now, and I I love that. It's uh, I don't know I don't know how you describe it. It's just it's it gives you this really heavy vibe. You know what's what yeah. what you guys are. And we love you, yeah. Melody. Great <laughs> stuff. And it sometimes isn't that crazy though about music is that the music business, which is something that people like me, you know. You, you, we just don't realize we don't understand the ins and outs. We, but that just shows you the business side. I remember like reading Motley Crue's book, the dirt. And they were just like, Oh, well you wake up and then this publicist, you know, gives you this interview. Then you have, you know, this record person has, you, you have to give them money for this. And then you have a lawyer here. It's just like, I, I mean, I don't my head would spin. I mean, the, the, the business side of it, that's the side that nobody really wants to, I mean, you guys don't get into it for that. You get into it to play music and now yeah. you have this, but at least, at least there's some positive things coming yeah. from it. Right. At least. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's kind of, you know, with the new business model in music, it's just like, it's kind of uncharted territory really. It's like, you know, uh, as, as streaming, you know, slowly takes over, um, you know, it's like, what is radio for, <laughs> you know, but then, then you realize the importance of radio. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, and uh, a lot of these, you know, worldwide, uh, you know, websites that are radio, you know, radio as well, and they and they're streaming all the time, and and the the, the impact that they have, it's just, you know, it's 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 really kind of become. Um, yes, you can make a little money from downloads, and you can make money selling your record. And the hard, I've noticed that the hard copies people want hard copies too because they get the hard copy and it's something that they have the lyrics and they have the thank yous and they have the, you know, it gives them something to touch and, 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 you know, it's like a memorabilia kind of a thing. And, um, but, you know, kind of, uh, for the most part though, like the music is an advertisement for uh, a concert ticket and a, and a t-shirt, you know? Yeah. And it's, 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 you, you know, you got to, figure out how you can you know monetize it and the music and the music videos i mean yeah people people download them and stuff like that but a lot of people stream them you know back in the day that did that wasn't you know a possibility but now it's like they can just listen to your stuff all day long yeah there was a, something you said earlier clint about uh about getting into this for the music and i i heard dave mustaine one time say that he would push a penny up a mountain with his nose and that he would make it and that stuck in my craw is like, okay, so what, what are all the things I have to do to get there? And as me and Jeff started this band, and before that too, you know, I started getting into music business and learning like, what? It, okay, do I have to do interviews? How do I get in touch with these kinds of people? And, you know, networking on the internet and message rooms and Facebook and MySpace and connecting with social media people that are doing all kinds of stuff it was always sort of in the queue to find something to keep growing and keep growing keep learning keep learning about the business that we're in you know learn like reading books like this is the music of business by donald passman 
you know, things like that, really kind of trying to connect with people other than guitar players that I, that I can nerd out with, hmm. you know, to grow my music business prowess. And, you know, Jeff was one of those people. And, you know, it, it from there, sort of our, our relationship as writers kind of grew based on that we had to get business going and some sort of income or some sort of like a uh, way to have music grow instead of just go here check out my cd and we started off with a, with a tv show and it was like wow what a great way to start a band <laughs> <laughs> there that's right yeah. because there's so there's so many music is i mean i know you talked about rats stephen piercy says he puts out solo albums once a year just for the licensing there's music out there someone might need it for a commercial i mean that's so kind of back ass words from what we knew and what the music industry was but is that i mean is there some of that to you when you think about just creating new music like hey it might be needed for a hunting show it somebody might need it for for this commercial or for this podcast people need sure. to license music for that i mean that's does that kind of become one of the motivators yeah, for yeah creation? absolutely yeah absolutely man i mean it's just like you know i was in a band uh uh since 2003 i think you know when when uh, we put the record out so it was quite a while ago but we had a song on a new line cinema track for a movie you know and that was good money you know um and uh, it was through trauma records no doubt bush those that record label um and uh so it was back then that I realized, you know, hey, you know, there's, you know, getting in a movie, if the movie sticks, you know, and it's a really good one. I mean, just the licensing from that alone could be huge, you know, like, uh, you know, the song Iris, for example, is a good example uh, of the Goo Goo Dolls, you know, that, yeah. that, they, that, that put those guys back on the map, you know what I mean? And, and that's how that happened. They were done. They were washed up, basically, from what I understand. And they were, you know, the singer was just like, nah, I don't. I'm done. He was working. He was like back to work, you know, uh, for the union doing whatever he was doing. And the bass player came to him and said, Hey, uh, as near as I understand the story. And when he came, he's like, Hey man, we got an opportunity here. There's this, you know, movie coming out called city of angels. And, you know, they want us to write a song and da da da. And he wrote this song and it was the first time he said that it was the first time he had completed a thought in a while, you know, because he had that hope behind it. And, wow. and they were Iris, you know what I mean? And it's just like, pulled them out of uh, the oblivion they had a bad record deal before that and you know they just said screw this and yeah that was like rest, restless records or some like metal blade or something like that. <laughs> yeah i think it was metal i think i think it was what? metal blade yeah i mean i love metal blade records and all the songs that come out on that but like for the goo goo dolls it's like a not quite it, a match well and it wasn't they just didn't sign the right deal you know yeah. they just didn't they just, they hopped into it with both feet and said, hey, we're going to be rock stars, you know, and I'm sure that they probably went, wow, this is not panning out the way that it could have, you know, so lo and behold, though, I mean, even if you sign a bad record deal, you have all that advertising that's going on, everybody knows your name, you know, and yeah. then when they hear a new single, they're like, oh, the Goo Goo Dolls have a new song, and that that auto-suggestion that happens from from marketing uh, makes that attachment, and then boom, it, it, you know when something new comes out there it is well yeah, so. I, I noticed that you have a great interview here with uh, with george thorogood and like frank cannon and stuff like those that's kind of like the equivalent of us getting into a movie it just kind of elevates you into in a different way when you have yeah. a really cool interview like that that's a good point that's sort of how it started man i i swear like uh six seven years ago 
there wasn't a lot of podcasts. There wasn't a lot of stuff like this. There wasn't a lot of interview kind of platforms. I mean, you had like Eddie Trunk and you know what he, what he was. And uh, someone once told me like, if you want to do something and pursue a passion, find the person that does whatever you like the best and, and, and go for that. And that's kind of what I did. Not that I'm Eddie Trunk in any way, man, that metal show was, was badass beyond belief. And I could never mm-hmm. emulate that. And by the way, George Thorogood was one of my most challenging interviews. Cause that guy, like a lot of, or just casual conversation, but man, he like challenges you. And it's like, you know, you can only really? do so much research for an interview. <laughs> and it's like, he, he brings it and he may, he kept me, kept me going, but uh, uh, nothing that's, wrong with that. That's good. I love that. Does that, mean he was, does that mean he was quiet or does that mean he was like, you know, Oh, no, no, no. He was bringing it and he was challenging me on stuff. And he would say, oh, oh wow. what'd you think of this? What was your favorite song on that album? And I, I just have very <laughs> basic notes kind of down. And I'm not, not uh, near, a, you know, this was pre-Zoom. Okay, this was back in 2019 before, before we had this. Right. So te- 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 that's kind of my next question, actually, is technology has been so great for us. Like doing an interview like this with you guys, Brandon, we did one back in, in, uh, in March or April. And, it, you know, if you yeah. go back and listen to it, we recorded over the phone and now here we are doing this and it's so personal and we can see each other and this is great. Oh yeah. How is, how is mediums like this zoom and and other ways that you guys have kind of remotely been able to keep in touch? Has it helped kind of productivity at all? Well, it's helped me a lot. You know, I've, I've done, I've been starting to work on some other projects, you know, that I won't go into right now, but like Jeff and I have had like several, you know, meetings with the band and like, I've had other meetings with like uh, certain social groups that I'm a part of and being able to stay in touch with people in a visual way. Like we did two podcasts with, with uh, Tom Hazard and, and, uh, and David Ellison, a part of his uh, Oh Say Can You Scream music education program there. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was awesome to be able to, you know, be in touch with, you know, our label reps and sort of a, just like this, you know, in an interview kind of way. It was really cool. Man, it's uh, been, sure. it's really allowed us to like stay growing in, in, a, in an environment where a lot of bands and a lot of business are just going this way. We have a lot of energy and we're trying to just, we're fighting like crazy to grow and, and make sure people really remember us when we get out the other side of this thing. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a big thing. The album, guys, is tremendous. It's the loyal, the loyal Order, the band, The Loyal Order, the album, The Loyal Order. And you can get that. Um, go to theloyalorder.com. That's probably the best uh, way to get that. It, that cuts out Amazon and some of the other crap. Go, go right to the website, right? Yeah, you can go to the website or through Facebook. We have sure. our merch on Facebook, too. Um, you can get it however you want to get it. It's fine. Yeah, it's just, you know, we're just excited to be out there, you know. And, and uh, you know, um, you know, in, in the company of some of our, the people that we looked up in the charts too, you know, like, uh, you know, like having our next name next to Marilyn Manson, for example, in the radio <laughs> charts, <laughs> it's an eye opener for us, you know? Yeah. And yeah, Marilyn so Manson's kind of last album's cool awesome. That's like know? one of his best albums in a long time. So you guys are in good company there. Oh um, yeah. Brandon and Jeff, you guys are the best. I'll tell you this. Oh, thanks, man. As God is my witness, like we, we're going to get this thing going and I'm going to come out and uh, hopefully see you guys. Of course, I'm here in the Midwest, but down the road, we're going to make this happen and I'll come out and, and check you guys out when we get this going for real on the road, that is. But in the meantime, definitely head to theloyalorder.com. Check out the, the album, which is tremendous. Congratulations, guys, on all the success and continued, certainly. Let's, uh, let's make this happen. Thank let's you. get back to normal and we'll see you guys out on the road soon. Sound good. Thanks, Thank you, man. Have a great day, Absolutely. buddy. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right.
Well, we want to thank Jeff and Brandon from The Loyal Order. Again, the website is theloyalorder.com. Follow them on all the social medias. You guys know the drill. Guys, follow us, certainly, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at musicmania underscore show on Twitter. The website, musicmaniapodcast.com. That's where you can uh, get all the information, all of our archive shows, all the show reviews, and they're coming up because I'm telling you what, I'm going to be seeing a live show. It's happening tonight in Uric, Missouri, about an hour from where I live here in Kansas City. Quiet Riot, Molly Hotch, Hatchet, and Blackfoot. Man, it's going to be great to get back to some live music. It has been literally since last February. I was in Vegas for Aerosmith and uh, raiding the Rock Vault back in uh, early February. And now eight months later, it's time to return to live music. Maybe just a semblance of normalcy back in your lives. It's what we all need. Quiet Riot continuing on. We had Alex Grossi on the show last week to talk about it. Excited to check out uh, Quiet Riot with uh, Jizzy Pearl as the front man, guys. As, guys, as always, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Any way you choose to take in the show, we always appreciate it. Again, the website, musicmaniapodcast.com. We will be back next week with another edition of the podcast, guys. Stay safe, stay healthy, have a tremendous weekend. We will catch you next week.